0: It's time for Love Talk with the love ladies Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love Talking today with special guest John Lang about military chaplaincy. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn Davis, and we are in studio today, and we're excited about uh, what it is uh, that we are going to be doing today in regard to talking. Love Talking about the things that just fuel our hearts and give us energy to do the things that the Lord Jesus has called us to do. And we're so thrilled today. We have this... Missed- <laughs> <laughs> Miss Pretty, I call her. <laughs> what do you call
1: her? I call her. I, I call her beautiful and gorgeous. And my good friend <laughs> Kathy Indebrock oh in studio today. Hi, Kat.
2: And that is why I hang out with the both of you. There you go. Yeah, I need that. Oh my gosh, who who needs? What is that stuff that you put in your face so that you don't have wrinkles? Botox? Who needs wrinkles? Oh. Who needs Botox? To just hang out with the both of you, and you feel uh, beautiful. I it could is, make
0: somebody a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: It's amazing what joy will do for your face Mm -hmm. that nothing else can do for your face. And listeners, this is what we want for you today, for a moment of joy as you get to spend time with us and we get to spend time with you Um, as the Lord fills our hearts and and we fill one another's and you fill ours. It's just kind of a a joy journey and a joy hour. And we just thank you so much for joining us on Love Talk today. As Evelyn is saying, it's a beautiful time in Texas. God is working as we lead with love across Texas and across America as we reach out to Build. Bridges of Love and Leadership.
1: What a beautiful, beautiful vision and picture that gives us. It's great to be in studio with the three love ladies. You know, today our show is a little bit out of my comfort zone. I um, I am, well, I did not know much about military chaplaincy. And that is what we're talking about today. Uh, we get to have one of our good friends on the show today. And he has been a military chaplain for many, many years. And I was blessed enough to be given a copy of one of his books by Mrs. Evelyn. And I, I I'm fascinated. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of liken it to, I feel like there's times whenever as a military chaplain, um, you can't overtly proselytize, just like it was like for me, uh, being a college coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't overtly say, hey, and just grab your hand and let me pray for you unless you've asked for that, right? And so uh, I found a lot of similarities there. I'm excited to share today through the hurts and the struggles and the joys of that profession. And I hope our listeners are blessed by this because... It's such a beautiful and wonderful thing and so needed for our soldiers um, in so many, many ways. Our key verse for today is Colossians three twenty three and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward because you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Miss Evelyn, you said before the show, you use this verse a lot with your grandchildren. I use this verse a lot with with my kids. You know, just work hard, work hard. Um, And so what a blessing uh, today's show is going to be. Miss Evelyn, what has been going on in your world since we saw you last?
0: Getting older.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Day by day.
0: Older and another wrinkle on the path. Uh, We are doing well. We've got, you know, as uh, many of you know, I've had uh, health issues this summer, but I am back in the saddle and we are excited about what God is doing. Uh, Working real hard on Operation Christmas Child. We've got a breakfast. A pancake thing, uh, you know, who's going to eat the most pancakes? Your grandkids. <laughs> First Baptist Church in Round Rock. Uh, be glad for you to come out. Any of you who are listening, we'd be, we'd love to have you come. Uh, but other than that, we are just, uh, praying a lot these days about where we are in this nation and where we need to go and, uh, making some adjustments with, uh, National Day of Prayer and the, the excitement of knowing that we have an opportunity to serve our nation in a way that can make a difference in the lives of everyone is so important. And Love Talk has done that. We are celebrating next month 35 years.
2: I love that. I'm so excited. 35 years. I'm wondering, what have I done for 35 years? I mean, I've lived for 35 years, (laughs) but I haven't accomplished anything 35 years straight. That is so incredible. I love Mm it. And we're going to be doing a special show on that the first weekend of October, uh we're going to be looking back to the start of Love Talk in 1986, what mm-hmm. was going on in 1986. And, Evelyn, how it is that you started it all and all of the stories that you're going to share with us. I'm so excited for that first week in well, October. You know, we,
0: we pray a lot. We pray fervently. And it's not a time for us to fret or worry about things, but to look up and step up and be the light and love the world is desperate for. And we've done that. We've done that uh, from I grew up in radio, as you know. My daddy and I said, I'd never do this. I will never do this. I grit (laughs) my teeth. Guess what? The Lord's told me, yes, you will. (laughs) And and you've done, you know, and I feel like we've done it well. We've been to a lot of different stations, and Jean and Bender has been a great friend of ours all these years. And Mm -hmm. so those are kind of the things that are going on in my life right now. What about you?
2: Well, I get to enjoy Baylor after dark, which I've heard so much about. So it's, it's Baylor Family Weekend, so we get to go and see our really beautiful daughter, our oldest, who's at Baylor as a science research fellow, and they got their lab coats, and Baylor took these uh, really neat professional pictures and posted it up on their social media, and she was just so excited for that, and Uh, So we have not seen her since the first day. We dropped her off at college back in August. And so we're really looking forward to going out and spending the weekend with her. And we get to have dinner at McLean Stadium, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, (laughs) So it's great to be here in Texas
1: and getting to spend some time with my oldest up in Waco. You're as giddy as a college girl today. Hi Kathy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still playing catch-up, you know, after being gone uh, pretty much for six weeks straight. Um, I still feel like I'm spinning my wheels just a little bit bit, uh, but I am enjoying cross country season with my kiddos so much it 's um, it's just so fun to watch my kids run and you know push their bodies. So hard and use the talents and abilities that God has given them, um, and then see them encourage their teammates. It, it is just such an incredible blessing. Uh, gotta (laughs) brag on my girl, Mackenzie. Uh, she ran in a big race on Saturday and finished right behind, she finished in third place, third place, uh, right behind the kid that's probably going to win the state championship for, mm-hmm. for 4A uh, yeah. public schools. I mean, it was a fast race, and I was just super proud of her. So another race uh, this weekend, and um, I'll be excited to watch that. Well, and for Logan, too, I want to say, so this was what <laughs> impressed me.
2: He lost his breakfast on the track, right, or on the, cross- on the country cross-country course. course, but he didn't stop. He didn't go, oh. okay, that's it, I'm finished. He got right back up and boom, ran and, and kept running and finished really well. That sweet
1: boy, he told me... In the car on the way, Mom, my stomach, my stomach. And he hadn't really been feeling well for a couple of days. I think we went through about three boxes of Kleenex in two days. And I'm... you know, he's like, oh, my stomach, my stomach. I think he was super nervous. But, yes, you're right. He, he, you know, he just kept going. I was so proud of him. So, yes, just a beautiful, beautiful testament to using your talents and abilities to glorify God. Just as our special guest today uses his talents and abilities to glorify God, I would like to introduce our listening friends to Chaplain John Lang. He was born in Canada and became an American citizen when he was 17 years old. Shortly after gaining American citizenship, he joined the North Carolina Army National Guard and enlisted as a private in a mechanized infantry unit and served there for seven years, attaining the rank of sergeant. He was then commissioned a chaplain candidate in 1994 and a chaplain in 1997. Oh. With, this, with a vast education over the years, John has taught theology and philosophy and chaplaincy at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and he did that for 16 years and has served as the Army National Guard and has served in the Army National Guard for 34 years and a chaplain for 25 years. Listening friends, he is highly decorated, has written several books, and we'll talk about a few of those today, um, has... So many awards, I cannot even begin to list them all, um, is a very well-known speaker. And on top of all of his professional achievements, he's been married to uh, his beautiful wife for 17 years and has three children. Welcome to Love Talk, Chaplain Lang. Hello,
3: thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you and your audience today on Love Talk.
1: Well, we are so grateful to have you. You've just recently made a move to Alabama. You're not here in Texas with us anymore. Oh. Um, but we're so thankful that you are able to call in today, and we're grateful to have you on this show. Well, thank you.
3: Well, let me just say this. I got to Texas as fast as I could, and I've been leaving Texas as slowly as I did.
1: Oh, mm. Well, I know that you were here for a good long time. Um, I spent a little bit of time in Alabama uh in graduate school. It's a beautiful state, so I hope that you enjoy it. But you're right. There's nothing like Texas.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Amen. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm. Amen. There is a, a lot of stuff out there that's pretty good. And I know Georgia <laughs> is one of those places. Uh, but Chaplain, um, you know, we start on the fact that Jesus Christ is our Lord, Savior, and Master. He sends us here and He brings us back. And, uh, how, if you could us tell us in about two minutes, how is it that the Lord has done that in your life? How, how, how did you come to know that Jesus loves you?
3: Well, that's a, that's a good question. And like probably for many of your listeners, uh, my story can be long or it can be short. The short version is that I was brought up in a, in a home where um, I was an atheist. And uh, I was friends with a lot of Christians. Um, and they witnessed to me. And I didn't accept what they were telling me. But I knew that they, you know, I knew in the back of my mind and in my heart that they had something that I didn't. And uh, as God broke down the pride in my life, uh, partly through basic training, but through a, a series of events that included moving away from my childhood home and sort of being in a new location and trying to make new friends.
1: Um,
3: God broke down my pride so that I started sort of seeking something, and I wanted what those trusted friends of mine, that kind of peace and that sort of assurance that they had. Um, and so I, I began searching. And long and short, I got involved with a um, a cult-like group that uh, had me come to their Bible studies, and they encouraged me to read the Bible. Uh, As I read the Bible, I split with them because I didn't agree with the way they were reading the Bible and what they were saying it meant, and so I just started uh, praying and asking God to, if he exists, to help me believe because I wanted to believe, but I just couldn't. And over the course of uh, several months, I was reading the Bible, and I was praying to God that I wasn't sure existed, and over that time, faith came. And I went from not believing to being very certain that uh, God exists and that Jesus Christ had died for my sins and risen from the dead for my new life, and I accepted him as Lord and Savior.
1: Mm, wow. What a
0: beautiful
3: story.
1: That is a beautiful story. Um, prayer changes things. Listening friends, when we return to Love Talk, you will hear more about Chaplain Lang's story. You'll hear about the books that he's written and how he ministers each and every day to those that serve and protect our country and our beautiful, beautiful nation. When we return to Love Talk with Chaplain John Lang, right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock in
2: studio with the beautiful Miss Carrie Coach Carrie Brinkater and Miss Evelyn Davison. We're so glad to be with you on this fantastic Saturday with our special guest, Chaplain John Lang. Now, Chaplain Lang, we opened with this introduction giving a little bit of your background and wow, the depth and breadth of your background are incredible. And we went out Uh, with you sharing your testimony about how you came to know Jesus loves you, which, what an incredible story, moving from a position of of being brought up as an atheist, pressed into atheism, but having some Christian friends, and and finally picking up the Bible yourself and and wanting to believe, but knowing that you didn't and praying that the Lord would, would help you believe and moving from that place into a very strong faith just incredible um it's very moving just to hear um now carrie my understanding is now john i've never met you i've never had that pleasure but carrie you met chaplain lang at a national day of prayer event I
1: did, I did. And I I did not, you know, realize at the time. John, you you're very quiet and I did not realize at the time I was in the presence of this greatness, um and a very uh skilled and um educated man who has has been mentoring soldiers for so long uh, yes at National Day of Prayer at the Capitol here in Austin uh, John and I were blessed to offer prayers John for the military and I offered a prayer for the media um, and just what a beautiful time it was now Chaplain Lang you have uh, served as a seminary professor for many many years I believe uh basically almost 16 or 17 years, while being a military chaplain, how do you balance both of these ministries?
3: Well, uh, that's that's an interesting question. You know, one of my uh, colleagues at another seminary uh, knew of me, called me up one day on the phone, and uh, asked me this very question, how can you do both, or can you do both and be successful? And I don't know how I do it, do it apart from the Lord's help, which, is, of course, uh, that is, uh, he is the one who helps all of us get through all the things we need to do. But I think, you know, balancing it, they sort of go together, because, quite frankly, um, as a chaplain, not only am I ministering to soldiers, but as a uh, leader, as I you know, sort of progressed in my career, I also try to help train younger chaplains to be successful in their ministries with the military, and of course, as a seminary professor my one of my jobs was to help train uh, ministers for uh you know success in whatever ministry God has called them to, whether it be pastoring or chaplaincy and so they they go quite well together and um, and the seminary has always been very was always very gracious to me when I needed to. Uh, deploy or I needed some time to work on some things for the military, they've always uh, bent over backwards to work with me uh, because they were very supportive of the military and its mission and and my mission to soldiers sharing Christ with them.
1: Well, I I got a little ahead of myself, Uh, Chaplain Lang. Thank you so much for showing us how you balance that. Can you tell us how you became or how you came to realize that you wanted to be a military chaplain?
3: well that, yeah that 's a good question. Um, I, I would say there's sort of two aspects to that. First was my own calling to ministry, so you know maybe some of your listeners uh, in their quiet times are having something similar to what I was experiencing but in in my personal devotion time and quiet time. For many months after uh, I had become a Christian and matured a bit, I felt like God was saying to me, You know, you need to trust me. You need to step out into faith. You need to go forward, You need to be willing to do whatever I call you to do. And I was. I was a little concerned about that (laughs) because I didn't know what he was, you know, getting ready to call me to. And I finally said to uh, my girlfriend at the time, her mother, who was a very uh, wise and spiritual woman, and I said to her, I think God's calling me into the ministry. And she looked at me and she said, well, I was wondering when you were going to hear his voice. Oh, (laughs) Wow. And I said, "Well, why didn't you tell me?" And she said, "You needed to hear it." And I uh, think there's some real wisdom in that. But uh, so that was sort of my call to ministry. It became. Clear to me that God was pulling me into the military chaplaincy, um, largely due to circumstances. And without going into too much detail, as you uh, noted in my biography, I was an enlisted person, infantry soldier, a scout uh, was my was my role. And in that role as a reconnaissance uh, soldier, we didn't see the chaplain very often. And so um, there came a time when my. Com- Commanding officer for our platoon, he uh, came to know that I was studying for ministry and preparing, and he just asked me, "Hey, would you do something with the with the guys here in the unit?" And I said, mm. "Sure." And so I led a little short chapel service in the field, and we had guys starting to get saved, and we went from two of us out of a a group of 30 being saved to 29 out of 30 being saved. And the one guy who was an atheist asked me to pray before we went out on missions. Oh, Oh, wow. uh, So we could really see God working in that. And it was through that opportunity for doing ministry that God began to clarify to me that he wanted me to stay in military chaplaincy. And so uh, I found myself extending for longer service because my plan was to get out after my initial six-year enlistment, and I found myself extending, and here I am thirty three years later.
2: That is, that's an incredible story. I, You know, I remember um, with National Day of Prayer a number of years back Mm -hmm. during the former administration, chaplains were were really starting to um, I don't know. Get get gagged. There were so many restrictions that were being put on chaplains, and it was starting to be, uh, you know, a real concern for us uh, in National Day of Prayer, who were doing events with at at the individual um, um, fort. Uh, you know, I want to say not Fort Sumner. Why do I want to say Fort Sumner? Camp Mabry. Camp Mabry, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, can you can you tell us exactly? Um, because we don't all know what chaplains do, or or what they're allowed to do, or how they're allowed to share with the the men who are serving our country, can you give us a little bit of insight behind that curtain?
3: Sure, um, and that's a that's a pretty broad question. So I, I think I'll start with just what our chaplains and What do we do? And in short, uh, chaplains have a lot of pastoral duties, a lot of the same things you would expect from the pastor, uh, counseling, preaching, leading in worship, um, you know, visiting, praying with people, and those sorts of uh, duties. Uh, but in other ways, we're not like chaplains um, because we also serve as professional advisors to commanders where we will talk about the impact of religion on military operations, for example. Uh, Sometimes we function as liaisons with religious leaders in, uh, in areas where the military is working. And so there are some aspects that get outside of what your typical pastor would be doing. Um, but still very much, obviously, ministry-focused. But I like to tell my students, it, the, the big difference between chaplaincy and, let's say, traditional church ministry or parachurch ministry is that chaplains work for what we might call a secular employer. So the organization or the institution that, that we work for may have goals that are different from what our personal goals are, even though we can integrate our functions and roles into the larger goals of the organization.
0: Well, Chaplain, since you're not in Texas now, what is it that um, your responsibilities are going to be um, in the role that where you are right now?
3: Well, so as, my responsibilities have not changed. Uh, as the senior, I'm the senior chaplain for the Texas Military Department, and that means I serve as the principal advisor to the Adjutant General and uh, the other generals um, in the Texas Military Department with regard to religion. Um, I also, you know, conduct a worship service on drill weekends. Oh, yeah. There. Uh, I also, though, largely oversee the chaplaincies of the department, so the, in particular the Army National Guard. Also, okay. I work closely with the senior chaplains in the Air National Guard and in the Texas State Guard. And our, our main focus has really been on uh, training and professionalism for all our chaplains so that we uh, give to the people of Texas and those serving Texas in our military the best chaplains that we can give them.
1: That is incredibly uh, important, important work. And I know that you're you're just a stre- I feel like you're stretched so thin. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you did at uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, with your teaching for all of those years? Um, so, so many classes. You've taught philosophy classes. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, the work that you did there?
3: Sure. Well, so i was um my primary duties were uh, originally professor of systematic theology and mm-hmm. philosophy so i taught philosophy classes my uh my personal interest was uh and has been in reconciling sort of how we say god is in control Yet humans are free and responsible. So ah. making sense of those issues, yeah. um, which is you know a big can of worms. But but something I think that's particularly relevant, especially you know sort of tying it back to chaplaincy, when we when we see that there's evil in the world, you know God, e- people doing evil, there's suffering in the world. You know oftentimes as uh, the National Guard, we uh, mobilize to help relieve suffering of folks in our state or if there are other natural disasters in the neighboring states, we'll go help them, like in uh, Hurricane Katrina or in Hurricane Harvey in uh, more recent years. And so thinking through those issues so that our uh, students who go on to pastor churches can uh, provide thoughtful answers and helpful counseling to their parishioners. Um so that's that's
2: primarily what I what I taught at Southwestern. Well, so now I there's one question that I'm really dying to ask you, and we're we're just okay. going to be going to break to hear from all of our incredible Love Talk sponsors. But I just want to give our our listening friends a little bit of insight. You wrote a, a number of books, but one in particular, I want to I, I want to ask you a question about the book titled is Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Homosexuality, Chaplaincy, and the Modern Military. Now, that title alone is loaded with potential controversy. I would like to get the Sparks version or the, the Sparks notes from you, uh, but it's going to be after we hear from our sponsors. So, listening friends, you're going to want to stay with us. Chaplain John Lang, we're going to hear more from him right after this. Stay with us. And welcome back, listeners. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Love Talk in studio with the beautiful Coach Carrie Brinkater and the vivacious and joyful Miss Evelyn Davison, the love lady herself. And, friends, we are talking today with very special guest, Chaplain John Lang, and we went out with a bit of a a question that I I know, yeah, a bit of a cliffhanger. I know it perked up a lot of ears, so thank you for staying with us, and welcome back. And uh, so, Chaplain Lang, we have a question for you. Now, you have written a couple of books on, on chaplaincy, and one of these books is titled Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Homosexuality, Chaplaincy, and the Modern Military. Now, the title alone wow, okay, it's loaded with a lot of potential controversies. Can you give us just the Sparks note version of this book?
3: Sure. Um, I actually co-edited the volume um, with uh, a colleague named Paige Brooks, who's a Louisiana National Guard chaplain and a professor at New Orleans Baptist Seminary. Uh, He and I were serving together in Iraq, ironically enough. We'd never met each other this side of the the ocean, and we met there instead, uh, which is one of those army things that just <laughs> happened. But long short, I had, I had written a, another book on chaplaincy, and someone, a friend of mine who had read it, uh, mentioned to me, I wish you had mentioned or talked more about homosexuality and its impact, and I thought, well, there's a book. And so I started outlining it, and the, the book walks through issues related to how uh, the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell affects Christians and military chaplains in particular, but it also more broadly addresses issues of homosexuality, issues on homosexuality that are of interest to all Christians. So, for example, the first chapter, which is written by a, a professor at Midwestern Baptist Seminary, who's also a military chaplain in the Reserves, uh, that chapter talks about how uh, the, the sciences, the arguments homosexual the community is making by appeal to social and natural sciences, and he essentially walks through the uh, studies, and he talks about, you know, what, what in those studies is good and what is maybe worth questioning, and at the end he offers a theological explanation or a theological analysis of it. The other chapters uh, do similar things more broadly and more specifically. And so uh, we talk we talk about legal issues in homosexuality. Uh, we talk about the history of the law and homosexuality. I spend a little bit of time looking at the Supreme Court case Snyder versus Phelps, which was the case brought by a Corps family against the Westboro Baptist Church folks, mm-hmm. the ones who mm-hmm. who uh, picket funerals of service members. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how that case protects chaplains, even though we may not like how it went, because it went in favor of the church, it protects free speech to the extent that even speech that many of us might be concerned with, the labeled hate speech and outlawed, is actually allowable. So um, so that's, that's one. Then there's a chapter on biblical uh, exegesis and homosexuality, looking at how homosexual interpreters of the Bible try to argue for uh, homosexuality being okay, and we offer some responses to that. And, uh, I and mean, then there's a philosophical, ethical argument about homosexuality in the public square. And, uh, and last, there's a chapter on practical issues for pastors and chaplains dealing with homosexual members coming to their services and then wanting to be involved. Uh, I tried to really close the book out though by discussing the question of judgmentalism and love. And my exhortation is that we can call sin, sin. We can, uh, you know, speak where the Bible speaks on these issues and do so with conviction, but that we also need to make sure we do so with love. And I think sometimes we fall a little short on the love part because we're so passionate about these issues.
0: How how has this worked out for you, Chaplain? Uh, this is a really um, um, six shooter.
1: It's <laughs> charged with political uh, and social implications. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it could it could it could
3: have, it could have got, you know I could have got myself uh, in some trouble. Um, but I you know I I think I I spoke with such a, a way that tried to really drive home that. Um, we need to be loving towards others even when we disagree. And I think even uh, even one of, my, one of my friends who's homosexual uh, read it and he said he thought it was, you know, he, he doesn't like what I say, he doesn't agree, but he recognizes that it's fair. Yeah. And um, and he appreciated that I was trying to drive home this notion that we can well, be conditional. Yeah.
0: Would you say yeah. you're... you're- Uh, mm -hmm. return on this has been valuable to you in your ministry, Uh, and it's not something normally that you would be, anyone would approach uh, when you're so restricted by rules and regulations.
3: Well, yeah, I felt felt the need to write it largely because I wanted to provide a tool for younger chaplains to Dealing with these issues because they're, they're only going to get more complex. And uh, I was telling my wife the other day really, the chaplains, we have some issues, and there are evolving, they are evolving issues with mm-hmm. regard to uh, the ongoing discussion of gender and sexuality and, and so forth. But commanders, you know, the people that we are supposed to help advise, they really have the more difficult issue because the commanders are the ones responsible yeah. for implementing any uh, rules or programs and doing so in a way that is fair to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we uh, chaplains have thought through these and are able to, con- to converse on them in order to provide support to those commanders and so that's what i try to do and i think you know it it hasn't hurt me um at least not yet <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it's i think it's it's an investment in the profession because that's what i'm really trying to do is help help young uh people who are called into the chaplaincy not are young i mean inexperienced yeah. not necessarily young who are coming into the chaplaincy want to be faithful to the bible want to be faithful to god want to serve christ want to share the gospel but want to do so in a way where they're still successful in
0: their career. And well, you, that's yeah. not why I've written on chapel for you. Well, you've done that so well, so
1: well. Absolutely. You know, I, I really want to pick up a copy of that book because so many times as a, a women's college basketball coach, I was faced with this, um, with this very issue. Probably, I would say, on average through my career, Somewhere between thirty five and forty percent of my players uh, were struggling with the issue of homosexuality, and for me, as a Christian, you know this topic you're, you're, you know, you're, as you wrap up your book of judgment and love is, is a is a hard line to walk sometimes to call sin sin as you as you say and do so with conviction, but yet love people through a situation um that that is very very hard. Uh and so as you ment as you're mentoring these younger chaplains I just find it so refreshing that you've done so from a an education standpoint um an exegesis exeg, with exegesis as well as um, you know really talking through these this hard, hard issue. You've also written a book called In Jesus' Name. I love that one. I know. (laughs) Evangelicals and Military Chaplaincy. This book sounds a little less controversial, but, you know, on the surface it does. But really, it is filled with potentially hot-button topics that you face every day. I'm particularly intrigued by Chapter 2 of this book, Christian Prayers at Command Events. At the name and Philippians 2:10 tells us at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, uh, Chaplain Lang, we have about three minutes left in this segment. You state that one of the most oft asked questions. Is whether chaplains are allowed to pray in Jesus' name because of the nature of your your job. This might be controversial uh, if you're doing a worship service filled with different faiths. Kind of walk us through this topic.
3: Sure, um, and and I might I might have more to say after the break. Yes, I'll
2: please, start. absolutely.
3: But um. It is. It is. Uh, uh, it was a book that I felt like I was walking a tightrope because uh,
2: <laughs> I, I a very I,
3: tightrope. Well, you know, I, you know exactly um, that that particular topic. So I chose the name of the book based on uh, the fact that I was being asked a lot of questions by folks when I returned from a deployment. And the question I was being asked is, "Are chaplains being told they're not allowed to pray in Jesus' name?" And I, that so often, I began wondering what was going on. And I came to realize that there was a uh, there was a, a former naval chaplain who was saying that he had been court-martialed for praying in Jesus' name,
0: mm. and
3: um, and that's, that's a bit of a it's a bit of a misnomer. That's not exactly what happened. Um, but I use his case to raise sort of broader questions that we chaplains face with regard to you know being faithful as Bible believing evangelistic, uh, conservative Christians working in that secular environment, just like you were saying, Carrie, about, you know, being a, a, pro, a coach and dealing with these issues and walking that line between, you know, professionalism as your coach and, and also sharing your faith. Mm-hmm. And um, the long and short is the, the the answer is, yes, we are allowed to pray in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just to, cut through everything and let your listeners know. We, we don't get court-martialed for uh, offering specific, faith-specific prayers, and we don't have to pray to a generic, you know, being up in heaven or something like that. Now, some people will do that at public events, uh, but it's certainly not required. And um, I, I can give an example of that maybe after the break. Uh, where I was very intentional about how I did my prayers at a very public event, uh, really to show what we can do and what is acceptable for a Christian to do.
1: Oh, we cannot wait to hear your story um, after the break. Listening friends, we just have one more segment with Chaplain John Lang. You can tell um, just what a brilliant, brilliant mind that Chaplain Lang has, and we're so grateful and thankful that he is mentoring Uh, younger chaplains um, not only uh, through teaching but through books and uh, what what an absolute joy we know that you are going to want to join us for one more segment after the break from our wonderful sponsors many of these sponsors have been with miss evelyn for 35 years and we thank them so much for their faithful support to love talk we hope you'll join us for Chaplain John Lang right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian talk. You have found the love ladies, the first lady of love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, Kathy Enderbrock, and I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. We are so blessed and thankful to have you with us today. There is a reason why you have happened upon Love Talk. Today, at this time, wherever you are, Central Texas and across the globe, because you can find us on lovetalknetwork.com. You can find us at The Bridge, Austin as well. We are talking today with uh, Chaplain John Lang. What a uh, wonderful, wonderful chat we have had. Before the break, Chaplain Lang, we were talking through your book in Jesus name, evangelicals and military chaplaincy, this book is, is right, rife right with, uh, hot button topics, um, controversial, um, just, just items all through it. And I, I love the way that you don't shy away from these controversial topics that you really dig deep in in God's word and educate people on ways to navigate these topics with logic as well as with biblical references. What a blessing that is. Uh, You said when you were writing this book, you kind of felt like you were walking a tightrope at times, and you left us hanging. Um, You said that you did pray in Jesus' name. You do pray in Jesus' name, and you are going to tell us about a public event where you did this.
3: Yes. Okay. So when we, uh, I was in a unit that deployed to Iraq a number of years ago from, from Houston, um, and we had a pretty large uh, deployment ceremony out at Mint Bay Park. And I, I was, you know, going to give the prayer for the invocation and the benediction, and so in my invocation, I read a psalm, and I said the prayer, and I think I closed it in you know, your precious and holy name or something along those lines, and said amen. At the end, at the uh, benediction, I closed it. As a Christian, I closed this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. And I did that purposely to show that Christians can pray in your name, and it's a fine prayer we can also close in Jesus' name and not get in trouble, and that's perfectly fine for the military. I also, when we came home from Iraq, I did a prayer at our redeployment ceremony, a welcome home ceremony, and what I did was I uh, took the Lord's Prayer, and I um, reworked it and sort of used the, used the, the, the outline to follow through on concerns that we had as our deployment, and our returning home, and basically offered the Lord's Prayer as our benediction, which closes, amen, without in your name or anything, but it's uh, the way Jesus taught us to pray. And my point, again, is just to try and help us all see that uh, really Jesus and God is less concerned about the, the particular way we close the prayer, at least in my theology, and more with is my prayer in concert with God's will and God's word. Hmm. And uh, so that's what I've tried to sort of show and encourage folks
1: with.
2: Wow. I love it. Well, I mean, I love as well that you teach by example. Mm -hmm. And you don't Mm -hmm. just write about it or hope for it, but you live it out. And um, and with the biblical insight that you share, I love that. I mean, it's... um, I'm writing a small Bible study on prayer and one of the points that I'm addressing is do you have to end prayer in Jesus' name in order for God to hear you? And I mean there yes. I have had women say, you, you have to close with in Jesus' name. And um anyway, I I it, this whole conversation I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be getting on Amazon today <laughs> after we finish up with this interview. Um well now I I have a question for you. Um Because in dealing with um, some situations out at Fort Hood and Camp Mabry and and just even seeing what happens on the news, and I know our listeners as well have probably heard stories in the news of Christian military uh, personnel being harassed for their faith. Can you just, uh, you know, personally and from the lives that you've counseled, can you give us insight into what it's like to be a Bible-believing Christian and serve in today's military? Is it a hard thing?
3: Yes, and (laughs) there there could be multiple ways of addressing that. But let me just say, by and large, the military is a pretty conservative organization, and most military leaders want their personnel to be happy and effective and strong spiritually and mentally, psychologically, and that means uh, incorporating their faith into their lives and integrating it in a way. So they they actually look to chaplains to help with that, which means, by and large, uh, commanders and those in charge are supportive uh, but there are occasional persons who have, you know, like just like out in the world, who have their own issues and their own concerns, and sometimes they can make things difficult for those of faith. But I think, Carrie, it's like Carrie was saying earlier, you know, with sharing your faith. On the one hand, there's a prohibition against proselytization, and we as evangelical Christians believe it's our duty to tell folks about Jesus. So, how do we do that? And I think it's just like in any job or any situation, what we want to do is have a conversation with people, we want to befriend them, we want to uh, facilitate that conversation in a way that the person we're trying to share our faith with wants to receive what we have to share. And uh, that takes a little bit of work, it takes a little bit of wisdom, and a whole lot of love and uh, let's say yieldedness to the Holy Spirit. And I think if we're doing that, we'll be mm. successful every time. Yeah. If we force the issue uh, on our own and in our own strength because we're just trying to do so, then we're not going to be successful, and we probably will run into trouble. Um, so I, say, I tell people that is, uh, because sometimes I think they feel like the prohibition, uh, that they hear about in the news on proselytizing is somehow anti-Christian, or the government is anti-Christian, and it's mm. it's not quite that way. Uh, it's more like any other uh, situation where you're at work and you work for a secular employer. Mm. Now, there there have been some stories out there uh, where people have found themselves in some hot water. And what I have found is that when I look into the details, there's usually some reason, something that's happened where the person maybe did something not in the best way. Uh, and that's not always the case.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: these, these issues are always more complex than the sound bites that we get from the, pl- the blogosphere or from sometimes, uh, you know, the people who have an agenda, Um put forth.
1: Well, I love your, your positive outlook on all of that. That's for sure. Well, you know, we have
0: just a minute or two left, uh, Chaplain, uh, and we would really like to know um, some final thoughts or feelings that you have in regard to what we can do uh, to help you in the military.
3: Yeah, I would say so uh, for your listeners out there, if they can pray, Pray for me and pray for our military chaplains who are out there showing their faith. Uh, Pray for the men and women who are overseas, even now, serving. Uh, Pray for their marriages, Mm -hmm. because uh, it's difficult. And pray for their spiritual and psychological well-being, because as we know, uh, military service. And particularly wartime service can be very difficult. And we uh, we really do covet your prayers, and we appreciate your support.
1: Wow, Uh, thank you so much, Chaplain John Lang. How can our listeners find your books uh, online?
3: Yeah, they're they're available through Amazon. Uh, So if you search my name, my last name is L A I N G. So it's like laying,
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, it. and I have an author page and you know there are a few books there, and hopefully they'll be helpful to those uh, who may read them.
1: Awesome, awesome. And um, can our listeners contact you, Chaplain Lay?
3: They can. If somebody uh, is interested in chaplaincy in particular, if they want to come <laughs> yeah. military department chaplain, I'm always recruiting. Uh, but also, if you have questions, my email address, my personal email is. ChaplainLang at gmail.com.
1: ChaplainLang at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your time today. For, yeah, really diving into these uh, wonderful issues and helping us understand. The importance of what you do uh, to the layperson. Wow, what an education we have received today. We will absolutely pray for your work moving forward. That you will be safe. That you will be protected. And that you'll continue to be able to share uh, Jesus with uh, with those that that you are serving. Thank you so much, uh, Chaplain Lang. Uh, Friends, we just have a few minutes left here on Love Talk, and we're so thankful and grateful. For you listening, we'd like everyone to just remember that Mrs. Evelyn will be celebrating 35 years here coming up on Love Talk. And we'll be celebrating that in the month of October. What a blessing that is. We'd also like to implore you to find a church this weekend. If you are searching, if you uh, have questions, if you don't know what any of this is about today, and you're like, What what are you talking about in Jesus' name? What does that mean? You know, at the very beginning of our show today... Chaplain Lang told us that he was brought up in a home that was atheist. And the way he found Christ was through reading his Bible and praying. Hey, Lord, if you're there, show me. And I'm going to search these scriptures to find out more about you and what what this is. Friends, pick up that Bible. If you don't know where to go, I'd say look in Romans. And Romans will guide you through what it means to look to Jesus. Romans three twenty three says, admit that you are a sinner, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in Romans nine verses ten verses Romans ten verses nine and ten it says, confess, your, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'd also challenge you to go to the book of Ephesians and find out. Just scroll through those first few chapters. Who you are in Christ. You are loved. You are forgiven. And friends, you are free from the bondage and the slavery of sin when you give your heart to Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today on Love Talk. You can always find us at lovetalknetwork.com, and you can call us on the left line, 512-249-6535. For Miss Evelyn Davis and Kathy Enderbrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. We'll see you next time on Love Talk.